0: Welcome to the Fertility Mentor Podcast. Every Thursday, we'll come up with a new episode that will help you boost your fertility and change your life for you. My name is Anna Reyes, and the podcast starts now. So, my special guest today is Jacqueline Jacobson. Did I spell your name right? You did. Yay! So, in <laughs> today we'll talk about: Can you get pregnant naturally if you have high FSH and low ovarian reserve? So. Uh, Jacqueline, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do?
1: Sure. Um, So thank you so much for having me on the podcast today, by the way. Um, And I am a, a functional nutritionist. I specialize in hormonal balancing along with stress management for women specifically. So I marry the mental, emotional, and physical aspects of health together cohesively because Mm -hmm. without balance in all of those areas, you cannot achieve optimal health. Um, And I find that a lot of women try to find balance just in the physical body. And there's so much more to health than just what's going on internally. Our environment has a lot to do with how our body operates. So I try to help women bring everything together to form a customized and cohesive plan So that they can sustain uh, optimal health and really start to
0: thrive. Oh, that's awesome. And I know that you're uh, almost a registered dietitian, too, right? I am almost there. So uh,
1: I've had my master's degree in nutrition and dietetics with a concentration in education since 2016. Mm -hmm. And I am. Technically, 85% done with my RD program, according to my advisor. I just spoke with her the other day. Yeah. Um, so I'm just finishing up uh, two semesters of courses, and then I'll be finishing up my clinical rotations as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, and uh, for, those, for those listeners who don't know, what is FSH and low ovarian reserve? Okay,
1: so FSH stands for Follicle Stimulating Hormone. So that hormone is produced by the pituitary gland and it regulates a lot of the functionality of the ovaries, specifically stimulating growth of (laughs) ovarian follicles, uh, which contain an immature egg. Um, And this hormone specifically actually increases with age, So when you see high FSH, um, you'll typically uh, see it as an indicator of menopause, Mm -hmm. Um, but in women of childbearing age, high FSH can signify poor egg quality, low egg reserve, lack of egg production as well. Um, So it's really important to make sure that you are speaking with your doctor and having those levels tested, Mm -hmm. um, as well as your levels of anti-malarian hormone. Mm -hmm. Um, So that hormone is produced by the ovaries, um, and that actually modulates uh, follicular maturation. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually low levels of anti-malarian hormone, or AMH, Mm -hmm. um, along with high FSH can indicate um, ovarian failure or low ovarian reserve.
0: Yes, and I know that a lot of uh, women who go through um, uh, high FSH and a low ovarian reserve, that would actually go, yes, through the menopause and uh, they would not have ovulation or uh, uh, menstruation cycle at all yeah no that's correct so I
1: mean there are a couple uh, a couple different symptoms along with that kind of go along with high FSH and um, low AMH and you're right it can be um, complete lack of period so amenorrhea um, mm-hmm. it can actually also be um, heavy bleeding it could be a shorter cycle so less than the uh, full average twenty eight day cycle um, it could be very painful periods so intense pms and then obviously um a difficulty
0: conceiving. Mm-hmm. And um, do these conditions directly, cor- how do these condi- uh, conditions correlate to each other?
1: So, having high FSH levels can indicate low egg reserve and quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like I said earlier, uh, with having low AMH, um, you're not going to have proper follicular maturation for the release of the egg. So, um, low levels of this can also indicate poor fertility Um, and higher levels of this actually isn't a great indicator as well because just because you have more eggs does not mean that you have great quality eggs. Mm -hmm. So it's not quantity over quality really ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So uh, making sure that you're monitoring these levels is imperative to uh, your, your
0: fertility success. So once you were diagnosed with uh, this condition, so what does it mean? Does it mean that you cannot conceive naturally at all? No. Um, I th-
1: Typically with this type of disruption hormonally, it typically is a an environmental factor if it's not um, if there is no damage present to the hypothalamus or the pituitary or the gonads themselves, meaning the ovaries in the female sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, making sure that you're kind of looking at your lifestyle factors, like your exercise, your diet, and then your stress management are extremely important in kind of helping level out those hormone levels. Um, because cortisol comes into play, uh, when you have disruptions in these types of hormones, especially, um, estradiol and progesterone as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so that can really throw off the production of all of those hormones.
0: So, so the good news, basically, is that for uh, women who do go through the high cessation, low reserve, they still can conceive naturally, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to go through IVF or IUI right at the first place, right?
1: Right, exactly. So like I said earlier, um, even if they were to go the IVF route, if they were having a lot of difficulty um, conceiving naturally, and when I say difficulty, I mean any female below the age of 35, if you've gone an entire 12 months, so a year mm-hmm. trying to conceive naturally with no success, then that would be a time to consider um, IVF.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then any woman over the age of 35, if you've had difficulty conceiving for six months or more, then that's the time to, again, go to your doctor, maybe consider IVF. However, trying to remedy and balance these hormones is so important because IVF still requires hormonal balance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if you are not, yeah. So even if you're, and IVF is very expensive. Um, and I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the US, it's very expensive. Yes, um, it's expensive. so yeah. trying to, yeah. So trying to find that balance um, through lifestyle factors, um, like I mentioned earlier, can be a much cheaper route to go. Yeah. And your chances of conceiving with IVF are actually lower if you have this imbalance with FSH and um, AMH as well.
0: Yeah, because one thing is to impl- uh, do the implantation, right? The other thing is to uh, make the the implantation successful, right? So it will kind of stick <laughs> to where it needs exactly, to be. Exactly, exactly. So, and what are the three things would you recommend to our listeners to increase your ovarian reserve?
1: Okay, so number one, um, and this is probably the simplest task, hence why I'm saying it first, um, remove all toxic personal care and home cleaning products. So the reason I say that is because a lot of uh, our personal care products, meaning anything we put on our skin or in our environment, so like perfume, uh, conditioner, shampoo, makeup, uh, contact solution, um, moisturizers, face creams, any personal care product you can possibly think of. I don't even care. Chapstick. (laughs) Um, you really want to, yeah, you really want to make sure that you're reading the labels, being an informed consumer and making sure that those products do not have any toxic chemicals. And I'll get into the chemicals in a second. Um, and then your home cleaning products. So your dishwasher detergent, your laundry detergent, the soap you clean your dishes with, um, Mm -hmm. anything you spray in the air, like a Febreze, Anything that you're, pretty much anything you're coming into contact with, whether you can smell it or it touches your skin, your skin is your largest organ and can absorb up to, I believe, 70% of what it comes in contact with. So it's not like this, you know, concrete barrier that keeps you safe from any chemicals in your environment. Um, You know, it still allows certain things to pass through and get into your bloodstream. So Some ingredients or chemicals to look for are parabens, um, phthalates, Mm -hmm. (laughs) synthetic colors. So synthetic colors will have um, different uh, indicators, whether they're food colorings or uh, cosmetic colorings. Mm -hmm. So food colorings will have um, the FD and C uh, symbol along with a number like red number 40, yellow number five, so on and so forth. Um, I think like blue lake number five. And then as far as the cosmetic products, you're going to see a D and C and then it'll be preceded by a number. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fragrance. And I'm putting air quotes up (laughs) for fragrance because um, according to the FDA uh, companies will use the wording fragrance to kind of keep their, their proprietary formula secretive. So no one can steal it, quote unquote. Yeah. But fragrance could mean a combination of two hundred different chemicals that you're not able to read, and that probably wouldn't look so good or even fit on the label, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll probably make a customer go like, "I can't even pronounce these. I'm not going to buy this." Yeah. Um, another chemical is triclosan. Uh, another is sodium lauryl sulfate. It could also be shown as uh, SLS. Mm-hmm. Um, formaldehyde, which is very prevalent in a lot of beauty care products. So pretty much all makeup, especially, um, nail polish, mm-hmm. um, toluene, uh, propylene glycol. So propylene glycol is going to be prevalent in anything with flavoring mm-hmm. and, uh, sunscreen as well. But propylene glycol, uh, gives, uh, liquid, uh, It increases its viscosity, but it also enhances flavor. What Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize, propylene glycol is is an anti-chelating agent. So it'll take mineral deposits off metal. (laughs) It's extremely abrasive.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if it can take mineral deposits off metal, imagine what it's doing to your tissues internally. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's extremely abrasive to your tissues, and it can cause tissue damage, which can therefore lead to organ damage. Um, And if you already have hormonal imbalance, you want to make sure all your endocrine organs are staying intact, right? Um, And then, uh, yeah. And then sunscreen chemicals. So sunscreen chemicals, uh, the popular ones you'll see are usually PABA, which is uh, P-A-B-A, and then benzophenone as well. So when you're looking for a sunscreen, zinc oxide is really the only ingredient you need to see in a cream. You don't really need to see anything else. Utilization of any of these chemicals decreases cost for those products, hence why uh, the companies that are creating these personal care or cleaning products will use them, because they don't give a crap about your health, (laughs) honestly. They care about the bottom line and making money. Yes. Right. Right. Um, but many of these chemicals are, can either cause tissue damage, cellular damage, they are carcinogenic, and some of them are um, estrogen mimicking. So what that means is the, at its molecular structure, for, so for example, phthalates, they mimic the look of estrogen molecules in your body, and it becomes very confusing to the body. So what ends up happening is your body will lower production of natural estrogen because there's this phytoestrogen coming in, which disrupts so much of your reproductive and endocrine system. Um, And it can also affect your, your stress response, so your cortisol production, which can kind of cascade and affect your progesterone production and then actually lead to more estrogen production. but. I won't go down that rabbit hole because I could talk for hours about it. Um, But just avoiding those chemicals uh, is extremely important. And it's so simple, right? Because all you have to do is walk over to your medicine cabinet, walk over to wherever you keep your cleaning products, and read the label. If there's something on there that is not transparent or that you really can't pronounce and that is not explained by the manufacturer, then you should probably get rid of it. Um, so my, my second recommendation would be to go organic and, uh, I feel like there's a lot of back and forth in, uh, the nutrition field about this, um, because, or, uh, non-organic foods. So GMO produce, so genetically modified organisms, uh, like fruits and vegetables, um, are not inherently less healthy or less nutrient-dense than the organic counterparts. It's the pesticide that's sprayed on them that's the problem. So pesticides can contain a chemical called glyphosate. And glyphosate, number one, can be estrogen mimicking, which is something I mentioned earlier. But it also disrupts our gut flora and our gut function. Um, And that is because it disrupts a specific pathway in our gut bacteria called the... um, Chicka pathway, um, and again, there's a lot of debate about that because our cells, our human cells, do not have a chicka may metabolic pathway, but our gut bacteria do, and we have endless research showing how much our gut bacteria or our microbiome affect the functionality of all the systems in our body. Mm-hmm. We have more, we have more genetic, or we have more bacterial genes. In our body than we do human genes it's it's absolutely astounding so going organic is another simple step it may cost a little bit more however if you buy seasonally it actually doesn't um so making and that's an easy google search so you can just type in how do i eat seasonally with uh produce and then you'll get a ton of websites with different lists i mean Google is an amazing tool to have at your fingertips. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And the third recommendation would be to manage your stress and your lifestyle factors that can affect, affect hormonal balance. So the reason I say stress is because there are so many different types of stress, whether it's physical, mental, emotional. However, the physiological response is the same. So your body doesn't have a different response for emotional stress whether you know you're having a bad day with your child or your boss is yelling at you you didn't finish a project on time versus you know way back in the in our ancestral days where we were getting chased by animals or a lion or something like that the stress is still the same or the response I'm sorry is still the same so when, you are, when your body switches from a parasympathetic state, so think rest and digest, into a sympathetic state, which is fight or flight response, your body's going to prioritize functionality that is primary to immediate survival, right? So it's going to take energy or functionality away from the systems that are not conducive to survival in that moment. And two major systems um, are going to lose functionality. One is the digestive system, because digesting food will not help you get away from stress if it's chasing you. (laughs) And number two, yeah. (laughs) And number two is the reproductive system. And why is that? Because instinctually, your body understands if you're in a stressful environment, it's not safe to have a baby. (laughs) It's actually very unsafe. Yeah, that's and a- your yeah, and your offspring has a very low chance of surviving if your body perceives that you're in a stressful environment. So, making sure that you're managing stress is imperative to hormonal balance. So, that would be the first thing I would address as far as if you go to your doctor, you have your blood work done, and your hormonal levels are off your FSH, your luteinizing hormone, um, your estradiol, and your progesterone, too, because obviously those are big players in your menstrual cycle and fertility as well. Um, So, I would start doing things regarding self care. So, starting very slow and Being cost-effective. So journaling. So journaling is a great way to kind of purge yourself of any negative energy, any negative emotion, allowing yourself to feel heard. Again, those air quotes are coming out. um, Without having to actually verbally talk to anyone, Um, and it's a simple thing to do because all you have to do is either hop on Amazon Prime or go to a Barnes and Noble um, or a bookstore. Not sure if they have Barnes and Noble in Canada. Um, and buy a journal find a pen <laughs> and start writing like set aside 10 to 20 minutes of your day for yourself to get whatever you need to get out and it doesn't need to be anything significant or monumental that you're writing it could be a synopsis of your day it could be a dream you had it could be um, a gratitude list um, that's something I've i incorporate into my programming with all of my clients, Mm -hmm. um, making sure that we're, we're increasing awareness of what we're grateful for on a daily basis. And that gratitude could be I'm grateful for my family, the support of my friends, or it could be something as simple as I'm super grateful for this cup of coffee in the morning because the caffeine is really giving me an energy boost. Uh, Whatever is significant. Significant to the individual, it doesn't have to be again this overarching you know just super enlightening gratitude right yeah. um, another another strategy you can use is meditation right yeah. and whenever I say meditation to someone who is new to it, I always recommend using an app or going to YouTube and just again searching guided meditations um and you can search guided meditations for stress management for sleep for anxiety so on and so forth um it really all depends on the individual and you can again you know kind of specialize that search to 5 minutes 10 minutes 45 minutes it doesn't really matter they i mean there's so many options out there but when you're beginning meditation it's it's very difficult to quiet the mind and when you have hormonal imbalance one of the telltale signs is heightened anxiety Mm -hmm. and racing thoughts so if you have high anxiety and racing thoughts you're probably going to be sitting there thinking I I could be doing so many other things you know and then because of the racing thoughts you're going to be rattling off those those things that you want to do and then you're going to get anxious because you're sitting there not doing anything and you still have all these things that you think you need to do Mm -hmm. so guided meditation takes the thinking out of it so all you have to do is listen and then once you progress in your meditative practice, then you can go to uh, silent meditation if you want to. Um, another great way to uh, low, actually physiologically lower cortisol levels, um, aside from journaling and meditation, is yoga. Yoga is one of the only forms of exercise that actually lowers cortisol as opposed to increasing it. So when you compare yoga to other forms of exercise like endurance training, like running, cycling, swimming, and then weight training, those are great forms of exercise, but they still, they still increase your cortisol levels and elicit a stress response, which is normal, right? Your body's supposed to go through that process, but when you have this type of hormonal disruption, you really want to make sure that you are doing activities that are calming to the body. So yoga and walking, best forms of exercise to do.
0: That's awesome, but
1: yeah, so those would uh, those
0: would be my top three recommendations. That's awesome. So you provide us, us with a lot, a lot of recommendations. Really, a lot of good information. Thank you so much. No problem. So if somebody would be interested in working with you, how can they find you?
1: Oh, there's quite a few ways. Um, so you can visit me directly at my website, which is Lifestyle Nutrition hyphen Mm LLC.com. I also have an Instagram and my entire life is on my Instagram story. If you're interested in watching, Mm -hmm. and that is Jacqueline J a C L Y N underscore, Ann a N N underscore lifestyle. And then you can also find me
0: on Facebook, which is just under lifestyle nutrition, LLC. Yeah. And we are going to attach all these links uh, in the description to this podcast. Perfect. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jacqueline, for joining me in this
1: episode. No, Anna, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will finish this episode like I always do. Stay healthy and baby dust to your all.